Come on in, guys, because it's time for another episode of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. My name is Alex, and I am your host and guide through our Outwatch experience, where we are rewatching old seasons of Survivor and recapping and reacting to them live here. I am a self-described super fan, and I'm joined by three of my friends whose this is their first foray into the world of Survivor. Um, and they are reacting to these seasons for the very first time. We are right in the middle of our Survivor Season 6, the Amazon recap. And today we will be covering Episode 4, titled... No, Episode 3. 3. Episode 3, titled three. Girl Power. Didn't want to get ahead of myself there. Um, so why don't you uh, meet the rest of our Outwatch crew, uh, and we will start... By allowing them to answer the question um, that was on my front of mind after watching this episode, which is imagine that you're there on the island playing Survivor. And uh, you now, 12 days into this game or nine days into this game or whatever it is, get to meet somebody on the opposing tribe for the very first time. We got to see this in this episode and that led to a lot of awkward interactions. So, um, Adam, welcome to Outwatch. Uh, so good to be here. Hey, and I got to know, how would you introduce your somb- yourself to somebody on the opposing tribe of Survivor? This is day nine? I think ten? technically it's it's like seven or eight. Seven or eight? Um, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so I would have died by this point. <laughs> uh, probably from a caffeine withdrawal related yes. thing. Okay. Potentially from the Amazon itself. But if I were still alive... Uh, it would be me covering my face or covering my eyes to keep the sun out. And I would say, I'm Adam. <laughs> cool. That's it. Wow, that was that's That's the honest reaction. Hey, Adam. <laughs> I wouldn't shake people's hands either because I feel like that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of weird when they would shake hands. Yeah. Um, Emily, welcome to Hellwatch. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, how would you introduce yourself to an opposing tribe member? Uh, Yeah, there was a lot of uncomfortableness in this this little challenge, and a lot of it was a little too flirty for my taste. There was a lot of flirtiness. (laughs) I didn't love it. I'd probably play the song Flawless by Beyonce and just leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Especially the part where she has that excerpt from the... The TED talk about we should all be feminists. Hmm. <laughs> That's what I would do. How would you get um, an MP3 of Flawless by Beyonce? I'd probably just have to sing it myself. Luxury okay. item. <laughs> I've got a chip tunes here. So good. What, if, what was that? Microsoft Brown? The Zune? The Zune. Maybe I'd bring a Zune. Do, do you think the Zune came out before the iPod? I don't know. It, it just didn't. Seems, it just seems old. I'm not sure. It does I feel like those hit clips things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now we're talking. What are chip yeah. tunes? I said chip tunes thinking that they were hit clips. Did you just make something Wait, were up? those those things that like they only have like two songs on them? And... It sounds like hit clips to me. I don't know. Was chip, it like the chip tune is just like a like a style of music. It's like seventies. It is a music style. Yeah. I just googled huh. it as well. Yeah. Okay. Hit clips is what I was thinking of. Good job, okay. Scott. Well, now I learned something. Speaking of Scott, welcome to Outwatch, Scott. Hey, how's it going? Wonderful. <laughs> hey, what would you say to uh, somebody you're meeting for the first time on the other tribe? Um. Well, I would look around unassumingly and say, "Hey, I'm Scott. I'm not a threat." <laughs> <laughs> Which means he's a threat. <laughs> That's exactly what a threat would say. Not in season six. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Not in season six. Uh, well, uh, this is the crew, the Outwatch crew. Uh, glad that y'all have the chance to meet them. Um, and today we will be recapping episode three of Survivor the Amazon. Why don't you say we start out? by recapping what happened in this episode piece by piece. Uh, We start on the men's tribe where we see some tension between Roger and Daniel, some heavy tension um, regarding camp work and the work ethic. 
shortly after that, Matthew uh, has a conversation with Daniel, and they connect over Matthew's ability to speak Mandarin because he was born in Hong Kong. Um, and they form a bond over that. Meanwhile, on the women's side of things, they are dealing with a bit of a bug infestation at their tribe, and their shelter really is in rough shape. At the reward challenge, we have Survivor Go Fish, uh, which inspired this opening question. And the women have a big come-from-behind victory to win toiletries and other soaps, which, you know, are also toiletries. Just toiletries. That's what they get. On the men's tribe, they um, deal with the coming down from talking to girls for the first time in nine days, and it's really ugly and bad, but Butch is a nice guy, we find out. Um, Jenna, Heidi, and Shauna, on the other hand, have a conversation about how they plan to use their looks and their charm to their advantage. Um, and then back at the men's tribe, alliances start to form really for the first time that we see. Uh, Rob and Alex get together, and then so does do Dave and Matthew. We see the strategic switch get flipped, maybe for the first time so far. Uh, the women's or... Bleh. Yeah, the women's tribe starts to get organized. They take their fishing poles out, and they really uh, outfish the men at this stage in the game. They bring back some big, hearty fish while the men are uh, taking in guppies. Then at the immunity challenge, they uh, do a jail escape challenge, and the women absolutely blast the men out of the water. It's not even close, sending the men to tribal council, where leading up to the tribal council, votes seem to be between Roger and Daniel, but it is unanimous. Daniel is voted out by a vote of six to one, making him the third person voted out. And uh, a good job on you guys with the draft, as Daniel was one of the two players left on the board. So you successfully chose not to draft Daniel. Good job, everyone. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, we'll start out with the obligatory first question. Hey, what was your favorite part of this episode? Scott, do you have a moment that really sticks out? Um, I really don't have a major favorite one. There was a lot that happened as in every episode. Lots, to, um, lots happens. <laughs> um, the big thing that I took away was that the immunity challenge has been a lot like other immunity challenges that we've kind of seen before where they mm -hmm. got to like cut stuff and get out of the cage. Yeah. Yeah. But classic survivor comes... challenge. What? Classic survivor challenge. You are not wrong. I was um, a big fan of that, actually. All right. Like I, I, yeah. I agree it was pretty repetitive in terms of like the things that they're doing, but I don't know. There was something about it that I just enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and then besides that, I just kind of like to see the girls getting their crap together, so to speak, kind of yeah. getting kind of electing a leader and then just kind of like saying, all right, we're, we're going to get this tribe figured out. So it's kind of good to see that initiative, I suppose. Mm hmm. Um. Yeah, you're right. I was I was wondering if that a leader election started was this episode. It was. Yeah, it was. Um, Emily, do you have a favorite moment from this episode? Um, hmm. there was a lot I didn't love. I'll be honest. Yeah, this is the high point I think of the the badness. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, um, the, uh, again for our listeners, don't watch it. Just listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> way better the kind of like like the dream sequence yeah that was pretty trash i'll be honest yeah i that, was pretty uh pretty disappointed that was rough um but i i was i was with adam i liked the immunity challenge because uh even though yeah we have seen this kind of sequence before i was just like kind of on edge waiting to see who would win you know mm -hmm. um so that was fun and then i don't know i was really interested with the decision to vote Dan out, I thought it was yeah. very dumb. But it was interesting to watch, I suppose. <laughs> so it was like my favorite, not in a good way, just something that I would like to discuss further as we move along in this in this uh, episode. Yeah, why do you think that people did land on voting Daniel out? <laughs> I th Adam and I talked about this after, and I was just thinking, it didn't seem like 
Um, Cause who was he mad with? Roger was mad at him, right? Yeah. Right. It was Roger, Roger and Daniel. When, when Roger spoke up in tribal council, he was explaining why he was so mad with Dan and he, even in his explanation, sounded so petty Yeah. because he was like, well, I asked him to get water and he hesitated. And so I got it myself. Right. And he's acting like he's ready to beat him up. I'm like, this is out of this world. Yeah. And everyone turns on Dan just because Roger was mad that Dan hesitated for a second about getting water. Like, it just seems very silly. But I think it's probably just a power thing like people want to make roger happy yeah i think like remembering to the beginning stages of this tribe where both daniel and ryan kind of buddied up um yeah that's true and yeah isolated themselves a little bit i think it's the probably the the like um the front facing reason is yeah that like um conflict that gets a lot of play but probably the deeper reason is that yeah like from the beginning Daniel and Ryan kind of made themselves an entity. And then once Ryan was gone, just the easy thing to do would be to take Daniel out after that. Yeah, that makes sense. The way it played out in the actual episode, isolated from the rest of the gameplay, though, just seemed very silly. Yeah. Yeah, I I think we kind of get this. Excuse me. We get a better look of Survivor as like these people are tired and we don't see the whole picture, I think. Yeah in this in these types of early season plays um because i i am sure like well we see such a small snippet of what's happening on the men's tribe that there could have been more things too that are that are annoying roger and even if they're small things like mm-hmm. it could be one of those situations where it's just like eating and eating at them but at the end of the day what you had was a team of people who have an obvious target in roger because he's the leader an obvious person to rally against, but no real reason to get rid of him yet mm-hmm. because there's this other target that no one really cares for either. or No yeah. one really you know, seems to care for because, I mean, he was out. It was a unanimous vote against him, wasn't it? Yep. Like six to one. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's kind of one of those things that I, I don't know how strategic the play was. I think it was just kind of, yeah, it's an easy choice. We'll get rid of him. We'll move on from here. Yeah. It also, this is a really good episode to watch if you're trying to figure out like storylines of how survivor tells stories because when we got to the immunity challenge of this i looked at emily and i was like well the men are gonna lose right we spent the entire time building up this like you know this thing between roger and daniel yeah and almost no time on the women except for a dream sequence bathing scene yeah Yeah. Um, and and then we go to the the final the immunity challenge like it was really obvious who was going to win and who was going to lose at least i felt that way yeah i think that's evident of again in earlier seasons of survivor where they're still um they're less uh they have less figured out this like um balance between not like giving away what's going to happen later with your edit but still making what happens like make sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, early on they lean into, we have to make that like, it makes sense when somebody gets voted out. So you're right. They do spend more time on the camp where the, yeah, that loses most of the time. Um, so yeah, I understand that. I think that's a valid um, observation. This is one of the, like, honestly of all the episodes we've watched in like, the two plus seasons of Outwatch. This is just like has been one of the weakest ones that I can remember um, for like the uh, problematic editing and storytelling regarding like sex and gender, um, but also from just like the storytelling and like, I don't know, there's not a whole lot of fun stuff, a lot of interesting stuff here. There's like the the burgeoning of some strategy, which I think is the richest vein for us to mine this episode. But not a lot of not a lot of greatness here. Yeah. And even the like the uh, the reward challenge was the whole way it was kind of framed is it was supposed to be this really like fun. Like, look how much fun they're having kind of feel. Yeah. And it like it kind of was fun. And 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 it's like I get how they were like trying to get that tone across, but they do so much. they, They cut in so much of the like. 
flirtiness and even if it's not actually flirting they make it look like it's kind of like oh it's like flirting like guys and the girls they finally get to hang out like right. they're at summer camp or something yeah <laughs> that it kind of undercuts that whole mood yeah it's the way i kept describing it was it made me it made me itchy like it didn't mm. it just didn't like it didn't feel right like <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, they just got all this like random cha-cha music kind of playing. Yeah, in the yeah. <laughs> like, what is happening uh-huh, here? Uh-huh. Yeah, you, you see, I, I think this is such like, this would be such an interesting podcast to have watching it from season one to current season, like just straight through. Mm-hmm. But since we're jumping around, we're kind of jumping from like really good season to a really good season to a season that is ranked really highly, but I don't believe it yet, which we've said about all the other seasons, too. Uh-huh. Um, it it kind of like it almost makes the like problems that we see or the like, you know, that could have been done better worse because we've seen it done really well. Yeah. 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 We just went from what, 2013 to 2000 and. Three. Three. Yeah. So we, we dropped back a decade. We went from a we went from a show that's been on the air for twenty some odd seasons to a right. show that's been on the air for five. Yep. Like, yeah. It's yep. a huge you you, you yep. see how much better they get at some of these things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like yeah, Amazon is a highly rated season, but it's definitely not a god tier season. This is like a upper tier, but not yeah, not elite tier. Um and honestly, like this was partially a selfish choice because I remembered so little from this season and I wanted to watch it again. <laughs> um, but yeah, like this is a, a well-respected um, season of Survivor, but definitely not one that many people would place in like their top five necessarily. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think that uh, one of the, yeah, I mentioned it a minute ago, but one of the most interesting stuff things to come out of this was like the way that some of this strategy starts to bubble up. Um, one of the interesting moments was, uh, Joanna and Jean set up Dina as the leader of their tribe and they talk about it as a strategic choice. Um, whereas, yeah, like saying that she's somebody who already makes herself, um, well known and this will only add to that. And you also hear from Dina saying that she doesn't necessarily want to do this, um, again, for strategic reasons. What did you guys think about um, the thoughts from Joanna and Jean and then Dina's kind of hesitancy to take up this mantle of leadership um, as you were watching it? I think um, it was an interesting, like you said, burgeoning strategy. I think that was definitely apparent in this choice. Um but the way that they laid it out afterward, it actually seemed like it worked really well. They had a clip of someone, I don't remember who it may have been. Shana. Yeah, Shauna, who was like, you know, she's kind of bossy, but that's who you want in charge. Yeah. Because you want someone to get order in here and you picked them to do this very job. Yeah. So I think that's a really interesting thing about survivor is we we always kind of talk about how like you don't want to be the leader it's almost like you you just don't want to be the head of the head of the pack that's running off the cliff like you 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 don't want to be in charge you don't want to make yourself known Mm -hmm. but the thing is i feel like there's a way that you can be a leader really well in the like this is what needs done like we need to organize this sorts of stuff like can we can you do this can you do this can you do this and not I, like there should be a way of doing that without putting a target on your back. Yeah. I think the way is to win. <laughs> as long as your yeah. tribe keeps you winning, you're okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. People like you, but it's the same thing like uh, in like pro sports, right? <clears throat> Where the, the first person to take the fall when like a team underperforms is the head coach almost always. Right. Where even if it's not necessarily that person's fault, it's like, yeah, like that's the, first and easiest person to cut right it's like oh just fire the coach right and a lot of times yeah you'll see that it goes further downhill at that point but yeah that's like an easier call or a scapegoat you know yeah so welcome to our detroit lions podcast Uh, (laughs) (laughs) are we talking about like nfl officiating if that's the uh, case. we could just talk about their game this week against the Vikings where uh you know it was their fault so <laughs> <laughs> so take that Packers fans we don't we don't claim everybody's against us <laughs> we could do a whole podcast on NFL referees by the way <laughs> I'm sure it exists <laughs> um 
the only good thing to come out of the post reward challenge scene was this clip that I plan to use pretty frequently. I didn't know that Jesus had a vested interest in Survivor. I thought that was, <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, of, of course, comes from their analysis of Joanna, who according to the men's tribe is always yelling and singing about Jesus. But according to Rob, uh, he didn't know Jesus cared about survivor. (laughs) That's why they lose. I guess so. He does then follow that up with, uh, as far as I can tell, Jesus is a man, so he would probably want us to win. Yes, he did say that. Thanks Rob. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Let's talk about the beginning of some of these alliances that we see um, come together on the men's tribe this episode. Um, You see Rob and Alex have a conversation where they're kind of teaming up and um, cementing their alliance. And then you also see the same from Dave and Matthew, um, yeah, kind of putting their relationships officially as an alliance. Um, What did y'all think about... Um, what was your reaction to these conversations that happened? Did they um, seem like these would be fruitful? Did they seem too early? Are these natural pairs? Are they uh, confusing? What was your your take on these early alignings and what you think it might mean for the this tribe in the game going forward? I think Rob is playing a game from a different season. Like he's he's coming at this the way someone from a much later season will come at this just from his reactions, from the way he got really excited about things and whatnot, whereas everyone else seems to be like just burgeoning strategy. And Rob was kind of like, this is what I've been thinking for like days now, yeah. um, which is cool. Like, it's interesting to see that because we talked about Survivor becoming a strategic game and, you know, how it sort of changes. And you see you see that here everything else felt pretty natural. I feel like they just don't have a grasp on what they really want to do or who to trust. Yeah. Yeah. I think Rob enters this season as one of the first, like, um, like smart strategic players, right. In that some of the other strategic players that maybe have played up to this point are like purely villains, you know, who are like cutthroat strategic. Mm -hmm. Um, and even someone like a Johnny Fairplay in the following season is definitely a a highly strategic player, but yeah, comes at it from this like cutthroat Mm -hmm. conniving way. Whereas Rob is like one of the first examples of like an obvious student of the game who loves survivor and, um, is, uh, played as like a, a root forable character, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's why, yeah, a lot of people remember him and a lot of people, um yeah point to him as like one of the favorite players early in the seasons what'd you guys think about dave and matthew you see matthew um or maybe just matthew in general because we haven't really talked about him yet we see him early in this episode um speaking mandarin with daniel and creating a connection point there um and then he and dave start to link up too what do you guys think about that pair um what do you think about matthew in general scott do you have thoughts um, I'm kind of like, yeah, like we didn't really, we haven't really seen that much of him to this point. He's just kind of like there. So it is kind of cool to like see him, I guess, getting some play. Um, the Mandarin stuff I was thought was pretty interesting and it would have been yeah. cool to kind of see that, see what would have maybe happened had that been able to play a couple more episodes out. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think it was kind of, I don't know. Daniel kind of, I was like, why would you, like at Tribal Council, they asked him, he's like, yeah, we talked Mandarin to each other. I'm like, why would you say that? But, yeah. <laughs> they showed um, Matthew's face when he said that too. And Matthew just said like big eyes. <laughs> like, hmm, I don't know if he wanted to share that. Yeah. yeah. I really yeah. loved that moment. That seemed like a real, that was really cool to me and a cool like storytelling choice to include that in the episode. Mm-hmm. Well, I think like Daniel kind of talked about it at tribal council where he felt sort of like an outsider in yeah. the tribe. And like, that was his like insider moment mm-hmm. is like, we have this thing that like no one else has. Like it was cool. Like it definitely, yeah. yeah, it was, it was a little undercut by the, the Oriental-ish music that they had playing underneath it. But. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, survivor. But it was, yeah, it was, it was cool. And I, it, it was, 
it was a moment where you kind of wanted to even if you weren't rooting for Daniel before that, you kind of had this like, oh, like he could be a cool player in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have to also talk um, about the montage of when the women's tribe um, starts to do the like work around camp, kind of get their act together. It starts with like the rhythmic uh beat of shauna like chopping wood and then we get like the cling of like a hatchet you know what i'm saying and we <laughs> yeah. turn this yeah. we turn like into stomp. this yeah survivor. <laughs> survivor stomp it was it was when stomp became a it was like early 2000s when stomp was becoming a big thing so You're i'm sure right. it was 100 that yeah jeff was in the editing booth like guys we have to make Stomp on Survivor. <laughs> uh, Jeff, how are, how are we going to do that? It's happening right now. <laughs> I'm not really sure. <laughs> it's happening right now. There it is. The Stomp clips. Yeah, loved the <laughs> diegetic noise beat montage at the Women's Tribe. That was, I was watching that and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Why did they do this? Well, in 2003, a Dolby digital trailer featuring Stomp performances debuted in cinemas worldwide. And the following year, an Emmy-nominated sequence was created for ABC Sports coverage for the World Figure Skating Championships. Stomp was just becoming huge at that point. Stomp! 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 Stomp Stomp and figure skating seem like the two, like, diametrically opposed things. (laughs) You just hear, like, swishing of skates, like... (laughs) They just clink a bunch of metal together. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah that was um that was weird but it was it was supposed to be symbolic of the women finally being in yeah. sync right? yeah yeah yeah. they cool. are now achieving harmony and rhythm right was this when they contrasted that with the men just asking the magic eight ball questions yes 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 yes, yes. Okay. yeah because <laughs> they were right they were like getting ready for battle on the the women men are like hey am i gonna get with so-and-so yeah <laughs> that was a really another like really strong uh like use of editing where yeah yeah, you this whole commercial break is about how the women's tribe is like getting their act together they're catching fish they're cleaning up their camp they're they're like on the upswing and then the men in their cockiness are all sitting over there playing with the magic eight ball which there are spirits in this jungle and (laughs) the magic of the magic eight ball i can channel and harness those spirits and honestly, that seems like cheating that they do have access to the spirits of the jungle. But it's true. You know. Well, Joanna, though, <laughs> Joanna does, too. You're she right. She brings spiritually to her tribe. So maybe the forces are Joanna versus the magic. They're balanced. Yes. <laughs> on, a, on a scale of one to ten, how much did it surprise you to learn that Rob was in a fraternity? <laughs> yeah. Because my answer is zero. <laughs> yeah, zero. Yeah, yeah. I, I sign on to that. <laughs> but like, yeah, the hard cuts from from the boys with their magic eight ball to the like, yeah, the war drums on the other side was really, really clever and like good editing. And yeah, it's like it's what you were talking about, too. Like, Adam, like at that point, there is no way that the women lose that tribe. Like hey, or lose no. that challenge, especially since like if they lose that, then you're just you, what you've done is you've set the the audience up for a massive amount of disappointment. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 There was no way they were losing after that. So the immunity challenge, Adam, you said you really enjoyed this one. Can you uh, point to why you you uh, liked it so much? Well, I think it it required a lot of people to be involved. And I think generally when we're doing these sorts of challenges, it's like there are these two people doing something mm-hmm. and then there are these two people doing something. Yeah. Yeah. And then there, and this was like, there's a bunch of knots like <laughs> go to town them all out together, <laughs> like, you know? So I don't know. There's something about like everybody had to be involved. That was really nice. That survivor has a hard time doing sometimes. Um, yeah. It, it was also, I don't know. It was just, it was a good, like kind of tense challenge there for a minute Mm -hmm. when we were walking up in it. I made the joke that finally survivor is finally going to do a, uh, uh, an escape room. And then he described what was going to happen and they did an escape room. Yeah, basically. (laughs) So it was, I don't know. I just like, 
it's not far and away my favorite challenge by any means, but yeah, I enjoyed it. It was it was fun. It was it was a good remix of all the elements that they usually do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had think, the go ahead. I was gonna say I think if it would have been closer, it would have been a lot better for me at least. Yeah. That was like the only letdown, it but yeah. been I agree with you though. <laughs> I was confused. I just like oh sorry, I, I just gotta keep interrupting you. No, but you're I was fine. just like I was just gonna say like I can't believe like they can't the the guys could not just cut a knight, cut like the rope with yeah. a freaking machete. <laughs> yeah, I was confused like by that. <laughs> yeah, like why couldn't they get through that rope? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's almost like Survivor scripted or something. Wow. <laughs> <Ooh>. Wow. <laughs> yeah, something to consider. Right. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog style. <laughs> Boom, Sonic the Hedgehog style. Uh, I had the thought during this one, like, of how different these challenges look um, from, like, a, a shooting perspective. Man, like it was all like handheld cameras right in the faces, like Mm. from right outside the like the cages, which is just such an odd, you know, watching modern Survivor where you have like 40 cameras hundreds of feet away, just like shooting extreme. Yeah, like zoomed in shots. Yeah, that are very clearly shot from very far away. It's just weird to see challenges shot differently you know yeah it it's one of those things that like you see the production like the amount of money that they're putting into production going up as the seasons progress obviously but like yeah this in particular this challenge was kind of like where are the good angles for this yeah that's a good point and so it was like it's just like a hard it's a hard thing to shoot where you're like well we could put seven cameras inside the cube but it's yeah. 2003, so GoPros aren't a thing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, you talked about the, um, oh, like the budget going up. And now we're like in current Survivor. This is like a, a conversation now where they're like trying to cut back on the operating costs, mm-hmm. which is really interesting um, mm. with some of the like ways that they're doing that. There's like fewer reward challenges, fewer like getaway rewards. Um, they even introduced an entire bad twist last season to like cut out on, um, having to house people who were voted out, you know? So it's just, it's interesting, <laughs> but yeah, you see the, the evolution of the budget and perhaps now the decline of it. Um, so yeah, before, uh, tribal council, one of the major players in driving what's going on. Um, at the men's tribe after they get thoroughly pounded um, is Dave, who we've talked about a little bit, but not a ton yet. Um, what do you guys make of Dave in, to this point in the game? Um, Emily, do you have any strong takes or opinions on Dave, Bangarang Dave? Uh, he's the uh, rocket scientist who wears the... What's this? The puka shells. For the puka shells, correct, right? Correct, correct. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the thing that really burns my head is, uh, burns in my mind, rather. I don't know. <laughs> Leave me alone. It really just it's gets late. my go. Oh, gosh. <laughs> is um, his lovely comments about the women's tribe. However, <laughs> besides that, I know that he was making some making some moves. I feel like he has been kind of unremarkable up to this point. Perhaps I just have ignored him. I'm not sure. Does anyone else? <laughs> has anyone else noticed anything? My my short answer is I don't really. I don't notice much. Yeah, Scott. Dave is on your tribe, and even the namesake of your tribe. Do you have? Dave. Um, what's your opinion on Dave's game? <laughs> um. Yeah. Bangarang, baby. Um, bangarang. <laughs> bangarang. Um. Yeah. I've kind of like with Emily. Like he. Besides, he had like that one big soundbite like one or two episodes ago, and since then like yeah just kind of like he's just kind of there um i believe he was wanting to go after alex yeah yeah this yeah. episode which he i was thought was kind of interesting it, yeah. um because we don't really know that much about alex either at least mm-hmm. maybe i don't from my visual experience mm-hmm. um so i don't know i guess i didn't really understand where he was getting from but yeah what's like interesting to me about dave at this point is that he seems to be really perceptive of the strategy that's going on around him of like people forming alliances and pairing off 
but yet he is like um, against it and like unwilling to embrace it, which I find to be an interesting combination at this stage in Survivor <laughs> where he's recognizing strategy, but he's not willing to say like, and that's the game we're playing, you know? He like simultaneously... He he walks he simultaneously walks around like he's running the game in some way and also has no clue what's happening. Yeah. And I don't under I just don't understand his like strategy in any way. I don't know. He seems very like short focused. He's like short. Like we're not we're not dominant, we're not winning, so why do we care about anything else? Mm. Like Yeah. Yeah. He uh, is oh, he just kinda like he had like the one big sound bike sound right about like, Oh, the girls beat us, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, talks about like, Oh, we're a bunch of guys. We don't want to lose to all these girls, blah, blah. And I don't know. He's just like, he's just there. Yeah. <laughs> he is the youngest guy on this tribe too, which is not worth nothing. He is the youngest. He's the youngest guy out there. So he's not a rocket scientist. He is a, ro- he's a 23 year old rocket scientist. He's a rocket scientist that. major. Yeah, he studied rocket science. He studied studied aeronautics, (laughs) and they were like, "Can we call you a rocket scientist?" And he was like, "I mean, I work on jet engines." And he were like, "Okay, fine, close enough, rocket scientist." Yeah, Jeff just wanted a rocket scientist. (laughs) That's like I don't know. I I always see like the 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 names that they pick for like people's professions, and I wonder how much of that is like, yeah. I've heard like um, in exit interview stuff and, you know, like postgame stuff, survivor players talking about like, yeah, I haven't been a bartender for five years, but that's what they put on there, you know, (laughs) things like that. Yeah. Well, even when you said that, I was like, I don't know what my title would be because. Yeah, I've thought about that, too. That would be confusing. Coffee roaster. Yeah, you'd be fine. (laughs) It probably wouldn't be roaster, though. It'd probably be like coffee um probably shop owner like, or like entrepreneur or something yeah it could be unless like, they wanted to paint you as like an immature millennial they need to just be like a barista yeah, yeah. that's true that's yeah, true actually Scott. <laughs> that's very astute yeah. the problem is the problem is they couldn't because every single episode i'd just be like well when i work for my company circadian coffee yeah <laughs> Yeah, they would cut phone all that. number, Instagram <laughs> handle. Yeah, that's that's like a t-shirt. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, <laughs> what if they, you... could, they could play you up for sure. Scott, I love that idea where you, you just like show up to Survivor and like the name of a t-shirt that reads "The name of my company is Circadian Coffee." Call this number to get in contact with us. <laughs> like, I'm just so overt. I just don't know what Adams and like, why is he on the show? I don't get it. <laughs> so what do you do? How much again? did he pay to get this advertising? <laughs> well, speaking of, let's talk about what's her name? G- G- Jenna. Yes. She's wearing her Greek letters all the time. Yeah. Oh, the Zeta. Rush yeah, Zetas. She's got a shirt that says Rush Zetas. <laughs> <laughs> We're big Zetas stands out here. <laughs> I wonder how many people rushed Zetas after watching Jenna play this I season. Know. I wonder how many of those shirts the producers bought her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like it, it uh, furthers the like persona that they're going for with her though. Right. right? It really like, does. Like that's the thing. Yeah. Sorority yeah. girl. And, yeah, and we've talked about, shocked. We, we've talked about in the past about how like the producers will tell people like, this is the type of clothing that we need you to wear. And sure. Yeah. Whatnot. So it's like I don't know. Like I think handing someone, uh, you know, fraternity letters or Greek letters and being like, "This is your identity now" would be kind of weird. But yeah, I, I, to be to be fair, I I don't obviously don't have a perfect understanding of this because I never played Survivor. But my understanding of how that works is you pack the stuff that you're like going to wear or want to wear. You pack like a number of outfits or whatever that they probably give some sort of like guidelines towards you know like mm-hmm. not big logos whatever right. and then from what you bring well, we know they say they like bring these things beauty had color things yeah definitely yeah yeah. <clears throat> yeah they like choose what you wear out of what you bring but they don't like hand you a wardrobe to wear yeah yeah, yeah. um at tribal council then it's yeah it's uh, the conversation is between Daniel and Roger. We talked off the top about how maybe it was a little confusing that things landed on Daniel. Um, do you guys think that voting him out over Roger at this point in the game was a mistake for this tribe um, or for any players in particular? Or is it just a more general um, lack of understanding? I don't. 
feel like it mattered. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I think Daniel was kind of robbed of the opportunity to play the game in a way. Like, I feel bad for Daniel. And he brought up some yeah. very, like, real... I feel like an outsider and mm-hmm. Rob was kind of like, no one here has said that you're an outsider. And it's, it's kind of this moment of Daniel can look at him and be like, yeah, that's what you don't get. Like yeah. <laughs> you're treating me like an outsider, even though you're not explicitly saying it. Like I, right. I get that. And then he was voted out. And, and then he was voted out. And like, that kind of sucked like from a, just from like a narrative perspective or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't feel like they made the right or the wrong choice. It just feels like they made a choice and you know, these early votes are just so hard to like gauge. Was it a good decision? No idea. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think a lot of it. The play yet. Yeah. A lot of it comes down to like, is this somebody that you can work with in the future? I think. And yeah, calling off those that don't. You brought up that interesting point though, about what, um, what Daniel says at tribal council where he says, yeah, like as the only like non-white person here, I feel like an outsider. Um, and then Rob's responds with, yeah, you kind of summed it up, but basically, you know, like none of us view you as an outsider because of your race. You know, we don't, yes, see that as like a factor in this, you know, which I think is just a really interesting conversation and back and forth that almost like points to kind of like the unfortunate reality of race in Survivor sometimes. Where, yeah, like Rob's response here was an attempt to be like kind, right? Like it came from a good hearted mm-hmm. place, but like it also kind of misrepresented the reality that like, yeah, like what you said too, Adam, that even if they don't intend for him to be made an outsider, that like the reality is that that probably had at least some part in it being that way, you know? Um, well, and it's, it's wild that like, this is a conversation that we still kind of have that we still have today, not kind yeah. of. I, I said that I immediately oh, regret yeah. saying kind of, but like this is a conversation we still have today in 2019. And so yeah. in some sense, like we've seen the the like Roger went off about like gay people for what in episode like two or something like that. Yeah. That we've seen progress on. Yeah. That definitely there are still LGBTQ uh identifying people who are are targeted and you know, made to feel less than today, but hopefully it's not as bad and racial and, you know, the race perspective, it's hopefully not as bad too, but it's still a conversation that we're having. So it is, it's interesting that like 2003, someone said it, someone had that, those words and we saw the, you know, this conversation still happening. Yeah. And I think it like represents the evolution of the conversation from like it, maybe what would be common in this time of the like, we don't see race sort of response, which maybe at this point was seen as like, oh yeah, like a kind, good thing to say. Whereas now you'd say like, oh, that's not helpful. You know, it's like, no, it's like (laughs) we see the differences and like uniquenesses of the race and like validate and like celebrate those things. Not everybody is the same. So yeah, to your point too about that, like, um, uh, light spoilers for the current season of Survivor that we will forget by the time we get there. But the third person voted out um, recently was a guy named Vince, who is um, a gay Asian fellow. Um, and you remember Bryce from Kagayan, mm. the um, gay black fellow. He like tweeted. Do we miss a big opportunity with him. Yes. But he like tweeted out. He's like, ah, there it is. The minority gay third boot. <laughs> <laughs> like sad and funny but also sad <laughs> um so yeah there's like this unfortunate reality where in the history of survivor i think on aggregate if you're to run the numbers if you're a person of color you're more likely to be voted out pre-merge than if you're not um and if survivor is the ultimate social experiment then that should um maybe say something about the world we live in unfortunately that's all I keep coming back to with this, honestly. Yeah. Even in the way that, because remember in an earlier episode, I was like, I just have to think of this as a social experiment in order to watch it. Sure. But um, in the next episode, not to like tease too much, but you, you start to see it in this episode too, the women's tribe, the younger women are starting to group together. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting how people find similarities 
and kind of well, group around and that. In this episode, they explicitly say like the reason we're grouping together is because we're young and we're hot and we have these we're, we're skinny bodies and we don't want old people to look at us and make us feel bad about who we are. Yeah, which is all kinds of layers of terrible, but right. <laughs> which, which in again, like this is one of those things that like, I I'm sure to some extent the person was like, okay, I think it was Heidi or whoever it was, was like, okay. Saying, or like, wouldn't be like, Oh yeah. Like that's explicitly wrong. But like, I'm sure this is one of those things that a producer or someone kind of pushed like, Hey, can you say something to this? And it gets edited in a way that you're kind of like it, it now in 2019, 16 years later, you, you know, yeah. Kind of shudder at him. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Look at us guys. We're learning about the world at large through this yeah, television through show. We're, yeah. we're, we're learning about the world that we grew up in and learned from. <laughs> and the reason why we're all now see counselors and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had like Dave Chappelle's a bit about uh, watching like Pepe Le Pew when with with uh, his like nephew, um, and he's like, as a kid, I thought that was hilarious, and now I'm just looking at a rapist uh, skunk and like, <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, that is the world you grew up in. Yeah, like, yeah. tough stuff. Uh, anything else from this episode before we move on to our fantasy points? Cool. Um, Last episode, uh, we did our draft, um, and we talked about the um, the scoring. And I made a few minor changes to the scoring after we did our first round of scoring. Um, those are in the past. Um, going into this episode, before it was ten points for winning immunity or reward. Um, I changed that so it's still ten points for immunity, but just five for reward. Um, I feel like that weighs things a little bit more fairly as far as their importance. Um, and then also previously it was 10 points for surviving tribal council. I split that up into five points for surviving tribal and five points for voting correctly. That way um, there is still a little bit of a penalty if you um, yeah, do survive a tribal council, but you are on the wrong side of the votes. That way we reward um, yeah, people who have a, um, an idea of where things are going and vote, you know, down the line. So, uh, all that being said, here are our tribes. Um, nobody had Daniel on their tribe because you guys voted correctly or you drafted well. Uh, Adam, you've got Heidi, Matthew, Butch, and Shauna. That's the Believe in Yourself and Aliens tribe. Emily's Poison Dart Frogs <laughs> tribe. We've got Rob, Gene, Christy, and Roger. And then Scott's tribe, Bangarang, <laughs> features Alex, Dina, Jenna, and Dave. And wouldn't you wouldn't wouldn't you know it, folks? That's uh, an even fifty points per tribe, um, because all of the men uh, got ten points for voting correctly and surviving tribal. All of the women got 15 points for winning immunity and winning reward. And all of you have an evenly split two man and two woman tribe. So 50 points for everyone. Bangarang. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, how is everybody feeling about the state of their tribes one episode in? Nobody lost a member, but um, were you pleased um, with the showings? of your tribe members to this point. Uh, I mean, Roger seems kind of like a jerk, but yeah. he's doing well. Yeah. So, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel really good I, about the women on my tribe. Dina and Jenna. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think it's good. Like Dina got kind of put in a tough spot, but I think she's rallying the troops. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's going to bode well. I hope. I'm, I'm slightly concerned that Heidi and Shauna are my two female uh, tribe people mm -hmm. um, because they're, they're in the same like group. Yeah. It's like doubling which, down. Yeah. Which, which I, I'm not a fan of, but like, it could be good. I don't, I don't know. Um, and I feel solid about the fact that Butch was like basically non-existent in the episode. <laughs> yeah. um, a little concerned about Butch. Matthew, but you yeah. know, we'll, uh, we'll see. Cool. Seems seems to have a, a relatively strong social game. 
Could be my Jeremiah. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeremiah. I, I hope I earned some major man, man points today. Uh, let's bring back something that I forgot to do the first two episodes of this season and close out by naming our Outwatch MVPs. Uh, this will be the moment where each of us um, take the episode into account and say who was the highest performing player from this episode. Um, Adam, would you like to go first and name your MVP? I am going to give it up to Dina, who Dina. was thrust into leadership and handled it extremely well. Got the uh, the, the the women's tribe into shape, and uh, yeah, I feel like she had a great she had a great episode. All right, Emily, who, how about you? Well, that was my answer. I was you can to take it. You can take the same answer. answer. But yeah, thank you. I will. <laughs> I will take that. I will echo what Adam said. All right. I'm get, you know what? I'm going to start something this season two where I tally our um, MVP points. This will be just for fun to see who came away with the most MVP points at the end of the season. <laughs> Scott, who's your Outwatch MVP? Um, I'm actually in agreement with everybody else. I was going to pick Dina. Dina for Scott and make it four for me. I think this is a really strong episode from Dina. She, yeah, like Adam said, gets handed the mantle of leadership. And at least from the story we're presented, that's exactly what they need. They go from having bugs in their food to fishing large bass and uh, winning two tri- winning two challenges. Looking like they're in the driver's seat. Uh, that will just about do it from this episode of Outwatch. Thank you for listening. Um, make sure that you subscribe to our feed so you don't miss an episode. Um, follow us on Twitter at Outwatch Podcast. And tweet at us your responses to um, each episode's opening question. What would you do if you had to introduce yourself to somebody on the other tribe? Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time in episode four of Survivor, the Amazon, titled Trapped. Thanks. We'll see you then.